0: I was just sitting there in this seat last Sunday watching him thinking I wonder if he'll just go ahead and go or if I have to go up there <laughs> so I just stayed in my seat till he did something but today I'll give him a break so anyway so we just want to welcome all of you here this morning how many of you are excited about being in the house of the Lord amen amen hallelujah so how many of you are ready to worship the Lord amen amen let's do so you know these guys uh These lovely gentlemen and ladies up here, you know, they do a really good job leading us into worship, don't you think? Hmm? And God has an anointing on their lives. He has an anointing on your life. And as we enter into the things of God together, collectively, then the spirit of God, the power of God shows up in the room so that we can just receive his mercy and his grace. Amen. And so Steve gave me a remote, so if I don't like the song, I can just push it and switch him to a different one. So he said, "Here, here's your remote." So, <laughs> so let's all stand, and we'll all, we'll go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll just worship the Lord together. Amen. Hallelujah. Father God, we just thank you for this day, and thank you for your goodness, your love. Thank you, God, that we can be here today to worship you, to hear your word, to be part of the body of Christ, and to grow together and to build each other up, Father. We thank you for that. We thank you for the worship this morning that you'll just anoint it. Father God, let your spirit be known throughout all of your people. So we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Are you ready? Is there power in the blood today? Washes the vilest of sins, cleanses the soul, renews the mind, sets you on fire for God? Come on now. Would you be free from, from your pen of sin? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you or evil, a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power. Are you, are you washed, in the blood, in, in that soul-cleansing cleansing blood, blood of the, the Lamb? Are, are your garments spotless, are they white as snow? You are you washed, washed in the blood of the Lamb? So are you washed, are you washed in, in that the blood, blood, in the blood, in, the blood, in, in that soul-cleansing blood? garments spotless spotless, are they white as snow are you washed in the blood of the Bless the Lord. So. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Jesus. Jesus. God, we just worship you. Blessed be your name, Lord. You're more precious. is not like you no one One else can touch my heart like you do i could search for all eternity No, no. stand with arms high and heart abandoned
2: in awe
1: of the one who paid it all and I'll stand my soul Lord to you surrendered all.
0: of the Lord here this morning. As we're in this presence of the Lord, if you have a prayer request, just raise your hand. Let the Lord know that you have a need. You know, God knows our needs. He knows our hearts. He knows the inner beings of who we are because He created us. And so as we're in the worship, and we're in this attitude of worship and this attitude of praise to god let's just take these things to the lord and just let the lord meet those needs that you have this morning hallelujah father god we just thank you for this this day lord that you have created we thank you for every hand that was raised for every need that needs to be dealt with lord god It's your child lord it's There's there's nothing impossible for you, Lord, if we give it to you. Father, we just have to give it to you, and then you can take care of it. Because you love us, Lord, and you paid that price on the cross for us, for our healing and for our provision, God, you paid that price. And Father, for the Shoemate family, Lord, and for Maggie and for Evelyn, Lord, and for Pastor Steve and his family and his mom, Lord, we just pray, Lord God, that you touch their lives that you would intervene, God, and that you would do the work that needs to be done. Father God, sometimes you are the only one that we can cry out to, because you're the only one that knows our heart. So we thank you for that, and we thank you, Lord, as we bring these requests to you this morning, God. We know, Father God, that you are faithful. You are faithful, Lord, to meet those needs, and so we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, worship team. Hallelujah. We want to welcome you here again this morning. It's always good to see you in the house of the Lord. Um, God is doing some good things. You know, God's doing a lot of things, and sometimes you don't get to see all the things that God does, but God's doing some amazing things through multiple people's lives. Amen? Amen. So... uh, I'll go through the bulletin, and of course, uh, um, Miss Dawn Causey here has a birthday today. So, happy birthday, Miss Causey. Your bulletin says uh, we welcome Pastor Steve this morning to minister the Word of God. So, I'm going to be Pastor Steve this morning. (laughs) So, hallelujah, God is good. Um, Pastor Steve has taken care of some family things that need to be dealt with and so just continue to pray for him. It's nothing, no emergency nothing, just some family things that have to be taken care of and dealt with so just pray for Pastor Steve You give him strength and, and just give them the ability to accomplish what God's put on his heart to accomplish for his family so we thank you for that um, and this next week this is going to be a busy place outside I need everybody, who can pray that the weather will be nice this week? Okay, that's an easy prayer. Repeat after me, Lord, let the weather be nice this week. So that's an easy prayer because um, Doug Knox and, uh, and, and his team and myself, we will be out here, I will be out here Wednesday and Thursday cleaning the building, getting the building prepped and ready. And then uh, Brother Doug Knox, who did all the painting inside and the repairs, him and his group are going to come and we're going to paint the entire outside of the building. And so if anybody wants to volunteer any time, You want to come help, move things around, or whatever you think you can do from Wednesday until Saturday, we will be out here on the property uh, sprucing up the outside of the building. And man, the inside looks wonderful, right? All the rooms got redone, everything looked good, everything was clean, all the drywalls all fixed everywhere, and so we got all that done, and so now we're going to clean the outside of the building and and. Uh, you know, thank you again to the men from the mission. Did a wonderful job on the bushes and the property. It looks great. I pulled up today and thinking, man, these bushes look nice. So thank you for your hard work. Thank you for Tim for his work that he does out here in the property. And so, uh, and then um, Wednesday nights uh, won't be starting until September. So if you were coming to the Wednesday night Bible study in September, we will start those back up. And then um, there will be a memorial on the 27th at 1 p.m. here at CPNC for Robert Radcliffe. So those of you that know Robert, if you want to be here, he, that we will celebrate the time of, for him. Um, other than that, how many of you are here ready to hear the Word of God? Amen? Amen. All right. Well, in that case, I better get my Bible. Yeah. Well I'll have to get a lot of notes out to fill that one up. There you go. Well that's the one you get, so here you go. There you have that. I don't need that taped on there. Okay. All right. Let's see what I got. I got some communion here. I got some anointing oil here. Hey,
1: you're ready.
0: I'm ready to go. I got the water. We can do the little water sprinkle. <laughs> 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 I get <it> wet, yeah. <laughs> How many of you love the Word of God? Amen. You know, I love the Word of God. I love the the opportunity to just to be in God's Word. And I love the opportunity to be able to share God's Word. And I love the opportunity so much I brought two sermons today. So I'm gonna like I'm gonna I'm gonna judge which one I'm gonna preach by your eyes when I show you how many pages are in each one. So this one has two, and this one has, I don't know, like eight. You know, you uh, so I think... There you go. He got the it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. Actually, I already know which one I'm going to share. I just, I wanted to give you guys a little laugh. I just, I actually preached this one a couple months ago. It's just still in my Bible, so. Uh, that one was called Called to Witness. Who remembers when I preached that a few months ago? Called to Witness. Amen. So, uh, we are called to witness. And out of being called to witness, God has a great plan for our life, you know. And, but today I want to talk to you about the blessings of obedience, Okay, I want to share with you something that is dear to my heart. Besides witnessing the gospel of Jesus Christ, the second most thing that I think is the most important thing in my life is my obedience to Christ. You know, is that is that blessing that comes out of that obedience. And I know that I'm a blessed man because I've worked very hard in my Christian walk to keep my standard of living and my standard of life to a level of obedience to Christ's word. Now, does that mean that I fall short? It means I fall short. Ask my brother, Bruce. Okay? Um, But, out of obedience, I always go to the Father. I always go back to the Lord. If I find myself where I need corrected, I go to the word of God. I go back to God. Because it's so important that we learn that in order to be an effective witness, you've got to be obedient first. You know, if you're not obedient to the things of God, you can't be an effective witness for those around you because all they see is you're just like everybody else. The Bible says that we're set apart, right? Set apart means you're not like those around you. That means God sets you apart for a reason, okay? He wanted you to be different. He wanted you to have different qualities, different characters, different ways of life, that when people see that, they go, there's something different about you because you're set apart. And I love it when because I've been in the I've been in business now for this April will be 40 years. And I told my son after 40 years I'm retiring. And that uh, but I've been in a lot of my customers' houses. I've been in there working, doing things, and they'll come to me and go, there's just something different about you. And I love it when they ask me that cuz I get to share the get to share my testimony what Jesus did in my life. And so it opens the door for me to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so, you know, we need to learn as believers that we need to be like Christ. Now, was was Christ obedient to his father? Mm -hmm. There's our example of obedience. And so this morning I just want to share a little bit. And um, Deuteronomy, you can just put this in your notes, you can turn there. I'm going to kind of paraphrase Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 14. And it says, If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands, I give to you today, that I give to you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. All these blessings will come to you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. You will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed and the crops of your hand and the young of your livestock and calves and your herds and the lambs of the flocks, your baskets and your kneading through your blessing, kneeling through your blessing. You will be blessed when you come in and you will be blessed when you go out. The Lord will grant, the, grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you from one direction, but free free from you in seven. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything that you put your hand to. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people. As He has promised you an oath, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in obedience to Him, Then all the people on the earth will see you and are called by the name of the Lord, and they will fear you. The Lord will grant you abundant prosperity in the fruits of your womb, the young of your livestock, and the crops of the ground, and the lands that he swore unto your ancestors to give you. The Lord will open the heavens and the storehouses of his bounty to send rain on your land in seasons and to bless all the work of your hands. You will lead too many you will lead to many nations will be will borrow from none the lord will make you the head and not the tail if you, okay if you pay attention to the commands of the lord your god that i give you on this day and carefully follow them you will always be at the top never at the bottom do not turn aside from any of the commandments i give you today to the right or to the left follow other and do not follow other gods or serve them so you know here's in Deuteronomy he's telling us exactly what he's going to do for us if we're obedient to him pretty plain right there okay it's, it's, he, he wants us to understand that's one thing I love about the word of God God makes it very clear what he wants you to know okay it's not a mystery he makes it very clear. If these things are important to God, he makes them clear so they're important to you. So that you can look at that word and you can read it and understand it. No, no, this is, this is for me. Now, a lot of people look at the Old Testament and they look at this type of a blessing and they think, well, I don't have a farm and I don't have animals. And I don't, but we can take those same things and replace those with things we have. Okay? So God is setting a platform for you, right, to learn that you know, whatever you put your hand to, if it's in obedience to him, his, he is going to bless that, okay? He wants to open the storehouse of heaven and he wants to pour it out on you, okay? And his desire is that you lack nothing. Think about that. His desire is that you lack nothing. Because he says, I am a God of more than enough. More than enough. Now, if you desire things that you really don't need, then you have to work for that yourself. Right? Because if you really don't need it, okay, God has other things in store for you. God's going to bring you what you need. Okay? And so... As God develops in your life, you might have a need for that other thing in your life, and God will bring that to you when He's ready for you to use it. Okay? How many of you understand that? Okay? You might have desires in your heart right now, and things in your heart that you desire, that you want, and that's perfectly fine to have that desire, to have that motivation. You should work towards it. You should build on that, because at the time when God needs you to use that, He'll bring it to you. Okay? Because that's walking in faith. When you have those desires and those hopes, you're walking in faith for what you want God to do in your life. You're walking in faith expecting the blessing of God to come to you. And so, God sees your heart. He's attentive to your needs. He's attentive to your desires and God sees your obedience and then he blesses you with that. But he blesses you with that not for your own use. So this, is where we, this is where we kind of miss the boat. He doesn't bless it for you. He blesses it so you can use it to bless other people around you. You understand? He gives it to you so it can become a blessing to them. Okay? Um, I love it When I got my first Harley and I started riding my first Harley and we would do church visits and all the little kids would come out and want to get on the motorcycle. It was a blessing to me to to own the motorcycle. God blessed me with the motorcycle. But at the same time, these kids were getting more enjoyment out of my motorcycle than I was getting out of it. Okay? So who was the blessing for? For them or for me? It was a tool for me. God blessed me. It was a blessing for me, yes, and I enjoy it, and I still have that same motorcycle. But it was a blessing to those other kids. It blessed their hearts. It gave them hope and vision for themselves that they could, you know, be excited about that. And so sometimes God brings to us the things that we desire, but he wants us to understand when he blesses you with them things that you desire... He's wanting you to use them for His glory. He's wanting you to use those to help spread the kingdom of the gospel of Jesus Christ in some form or another. Okay, And so don't take for granted when God gives you something that that He might ask you to give it away. Now think about that. Because the way He blessed you Maybe he blessed you with that for a season, but he intended that to bless somebody else for a season. And so that we have to learn, sometimes the blessings that we receive, that we have to learn to give them back to the Lord. So when you're giving them, you're really giving them back to God because that's who they belong to in the first place. We're just stewards of what we have, okay? When you love the Lord Jesus Christ and you understand that you're just a steward of what you have, that you don't have an attachment to it. You realize that God could tell me tomorrow to, get to move that forward to someone else, and you can just freely move it forward to somebody else. Or God might say, I need you to get rid of that because I need to replace it with this, So I need you to do this. And so if you become emotionally attached to things, then you, if God calls you to do something with it, it's harder for you to do. And you're not willing to give it up. Well, Lord, I can't give up. Those are my, you know, that's my favorite coat. You got nine coats in the closet, but that's your favorite one. So you can't give it away when God's telling you that person needs a coat. You need to give them that coat. And you don't want to take your coat off because, oh, this is my favorite coat. But I got eight more in the closet. Okay? It's not how God works. You have an abundance of eight because God wants you to give that one away. Right? Okay? And so, when we're talking about the blessings of obedience, God has so much stuff for us. So much stuff. And He can't pour it all out because we haven't learned to give it away. Right? If you don't learn to give it away, you can't receive something back. You know, it's like, Lord, I need... You know, you have a need in your life and you're not willing to part with something for God to fulfill that need. It's kind of like sin. If you're not willing to get rid of the sin, He can't bring in the blessing. Amen. Okay? You wonder why you're not blessed. Look at your life. I tell Christians or, and, and other believers when I'm sharing or counseling with them or talking with them in a group, and they say, well, I just can't get rid of that. I say, well, because you haven't given it to God. That, you know, let that sink in for a minute. You don't get rid of it because you didn't give it to God. Because if you gave it to God, does it belong to you anymore? It doesn't belong to you anymore. You're the one that will keep bringing it back up. God don't bring it back up. God's never put something in my heart and said, "Oh, remember this sin back way back then when you were before you were saved." You need God doesn't do that. When I gave my heart to Christ and I repented of my sins, I became a new man, a new creature in Christ Jesus. All things are passed away. So I don't need to go dig anything up. I don't know about you, but I'm not going to the cemetery and digging up old sin. It's dead and buried and gone. And I'm not a believer in... I'm not not even going to say this, because it will bring controversy and I'll have to sit here and pull scriptures out to back up what I said, and I don't have time to do that, so I'm just going to eliminate that thought I had in my brain. But in Psalms 35, 27, it says, May those who delight in the vindication shout for joy and gladness. May they always say, The Lord be exalted who delights in the well-being of His servant. The God delights in the well-being of His servant. Is God delighting in you? Is your life right now representing Christ? Are there things in your life that you say that don't bring joy to my God? That doesn't bring a delight to Him. See, that's those are things that God brings to your heart because He wants you to give them to Him, so you can be in that, diso- that you know—you can be in obedience to His Word. You can be in obedience and get that blessing He has for you. Okay, in Proverbs twenty-two nine it says the generations will themselves be blessed for they share their food with the poor. Now, you know, in today's society, this scripture has a whole different meaning. Okay? Um, in today's society, we look at the homeless or the transients in a totally different way than what they looked at. Okay? Because back in the day, in the Old Testament, you had to work. You had to work the ground. You had to do something. You you were still trying to provide. You just didn't have as much as somebody else. And so when God says into the poor, it's different than what it was today. Back then, they still had to try to make some sort of a living. They didn't have social services. They didn't have all all the amenities we have today. Because I'm telling you, half the people on the street, they are not poor. You can't tell me you're poor if you're walking around with a cell phone and you have a food card and there's so many options for you to get help but you refuse to get it. You can't tell me you're poor. I know what poor is because when I grew up, we were poor. We didn't have nothing. That was poor. There wasn't no social services when I grew up as a kid. You didn't have electricity, guess what? We just didn't have electricity. We didn't have running water, guess what? We just didn't have running water. When there was no food, guess what? There was no food. Okay? My mom didn't have options to run here and run here and come home with loads of stuff. It wasn't happening. So when we talk about the poor, we got to remember that there is, there is poor in America. Okay? But our poor in America is nothing like poor in other countries. See, America is a blessed nation, and out of being a blessed nation, it blesses those who are in the nation, okay? And so, you know, it's a whole different situation today. But God wants to bless us, and God wants us to understand his blessing, and he wants us to remember that when we have an abundance, that we need to learn to help those around us that he gives us in our hearts now you know I got accused once by one of my neighbors on the business block and um, he said well you just don't help none of the homeless you don't help do none of the you don't do none of that stuff and you call yourself a Christian and he didn't know me from nobody and I just looked him in the face and I wasn't going to get in an argument with him I said you know what you don't know me you don't know my life. I'm not judging you on what you do. But l- let me tell you something. If we get a pencil paper out, I'll probably will end up giving more of my life earnings towards things of God and towards these things than you think. It, you don't know me. You know, because people want to judge what on the outside. You know, all because he was all upset at me. Because I went to him and told him, you need to clean up this back alley and you need to quit letting these people come in here and put all this trash in here. Because he said, well, he was trying to help the homeless. He was trying to do this outreach, but he wasn't helping them, he was enabling them. See, there's a difference. America enables, they don't help. Okay? God helps. God changes the situation. So you're not in the same situation no more. When you give your life to Christ, when you do things the way God wants you to, God changes your situation. You don't have to be that way. You don't have to live like that. You don't have to think like that. You don't have to be that person because you are transformed and the renewing of your mind through Christ Jesus, through the blood, you become a new person. So that old stuff is washed away. See, that's the difference between man's way of helping and God's way of helping. God transforms and renews. Man enables. So that you can become their servant. You can be de- become dependent on them. Okay? We are God's servants, but we're in a different form of servanthood. We are serving the Lord because we love him. We care about him. We know what he did for us. So we, out, of our, out of our pleasure we do the things God has for us. It's my pleasure to do the work of the Lord. It's not my obligation, it's my pleasure because I love my Savior. I will do what He asked me to do. Okay? In Luke 6, 38, it says, Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Will be poured into your lap For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Now, I don't know about you, but if you're a grumpy old person, you're probably going to be around grumpy old people, okay? Because that's what you're giving to them, okay? So the happy, really happy person don't want to be around you because you're a grumpy old person. You know, well, I don't have no friends. Well, change how you act, okay? <laughs>
1: what concept.
0: Yeah, what a concept. You know, if you don't like the situation you're in, change the situation you're in. That's what this scripture is telling us. He says, listen, listen, with good measure, I want to bless you. But at the same time, you have to do what you have to give that out. You've got to be the person you want me to make you. Right. And so he wants to bless us. He wants to pour it out. I love God's blessings. I don't know about you, but I love them, And I get blessed every day. Every day I get blessed because every morning when I wake up, God has a plan for me. I'm blessed. I'm blessed as soon as I open my eyes. I'm blessed. God has a plan for me today. I get to go do the things God's called me to do. I get to go interact with people and let them know how good my God is. I get to go tell them, look, I'm blessed because of my Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm blessed because of God bless me, you know, And I've learned to be obedient. See, it all goes back to this obedience. If we can't become obedient to the word, we are robbing ourselves of our own blessings. You're robbing yourself of your own blessings. Don't you dare blame anybody because you weren't blessed. Because they have nothing to do with it. It's you and God. It's you and God. Don't be a blame shifter. Face the facts. I wasn't blessed because I didn't obey God. I wasn't blessed because I didn't do what God told me to do. Just be up front about it. Okay? Because that's how you learn to get in the obedience of Christ is by being up front with yourself, being honest with yourself. This is who I am. This is what I did. It's not God's fault I wasn't blessed here. It's my fault I wasn't blessed. Because I chose not to obey God's word. Galatians 6-7 says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. That's what we're just talking about. Okay? God is God. God is faithful. Okay? If we do it God's way, God blesses it. We can't mock God. We can't put the problem on God because of our disobedience. We have to man up to what we're doing in our lives. And think about this, when you sow sin, it takes a while to get that back out of your life, whether you're a believer or not. Because once you sowed the sin, now it has to come to fruition of a harvest, and the harvest has to be, has to be what? Removed before it can be gone. And so when you're a new believer, the reason you have so many battles and the reason that you battle so many things is because you had a whole bunch of stuff in your life that had to come to fruition to get out of your life. So there is a struggle there. There's a battle there that you have to learn. Okay, Lord, I need to be patient because I'm the one that sowed that in my life. Now it's coming to fruition. It's going to be gone. Then I'm going to go forward. Okay, like I said last week. When I used to, when I had to find my scripture because I just, I like to fight, I had to get that out of my life. I had to get that adrenaline rush out of my life. It took a while for me to get that out. And how did I get it out? By using God's word and being obedient and not punching anybody. It worked pretty good. Yeah, worked pretty good. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under, consumption, under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. You will abound in every good work. Okay? Okay? Don't be cheap. I was sharing with a friend of mine who come and spent a couple days with us, and we were talking about blessings and about giving. And I told him, I said, Me and June, when we would be at any type of a meeting or revival or even in church, if, if someone was speaking and we were going to give an offering, we would always look at each other and say, This is, I feel like maybe we should do 150. Well, I feel we should do 100. Well, we always gave the larger number. Always. Didn't matter who said it. We always gave the larger number in the offering. We figured, hey, we're better to give more than not enough. Right? Amen. We never argue with each other about it. Whoever had the higher number, it didn't matter. Me or her, that's what we wrote the check for for the offering. Okay, just give that then. Most of the time we had the same number in our hearts because that's the way the Holy Spirit works. But sometimes one of us had a greater number. We just wrote the check for the greater number. We didn't, we didn't, like, have a big discussion. Well, oh, I know, but maybe we should just do this. No. God says don't give sparingly. Use the abundance that you have, because God wants to multiply the abundance. Why am I a blessed person today financially? Because I learned how to be obedient to God's Word. I learned how to give. Yep. Not just in this church, but I learned to give to other ministries. I learned to give to people. I learned to give. And so out of my giving in multiple facets of life, not just money, in multiple facets of my life, I give. Because I understand this scripture. I understand this scripture the more I give out of a faithful heart, not just to get something. I give out of a faithful heart of what God calls me to do. God brings it back and multiplies it to me. So I have no lack. Okay, I have no lack in my life. Because I'm obedient to give what I need to give. So whenever I need something, it's always there. It's always there. I don't have to go out and stress and worry about trying to find it. God brings it to me because through all the years of being faithful. See, I built good seed. How many years have I been building good seed? Okay, you keep planting good seed in your, in your crops. What happens to your crops keep coming? They get better, they get better, they get better. Right? I attend into my crops. I make sure things don't get in there and destroy them. I make sure that there's no weeds in there. I keep the Word of God in front of me. I'm obedient. I keep the obedience of the Lord in my heart so that I can receive what He has for me. I don't want to sow bad seed because then I know I have to go through a whole harvest to get rid of it. I don't want to do that. I'd rather just take my time and be patient and wait on the Lord and make sure I make the right move so that I'm sowing good seed. So I'm walking in good ground. I know that God's going to abundantly bless me, because that's what His Word says. Not only am I going to be blessed, I'm going to be, say it, abundantly blessed. Okay? We want to be abundantly blessed. In order to be abundantly blessed, we we have to prove through the period of time that we've been obedient to the Word of God. That we've been steadfast. Even sometimes when it hurts, you're steadfast. Okay. For me, my biggest commodity is time. My biggest commodity for me to sow is time. Okay. Financially, God's blessed me. If I want to make an offering, I can make an offering. If I want to help a family, I can help a family. My time is my biggest commodity that I deal with. So when I give my time, when I sow my time, it's a sacrifice to me because I'm taking my time from my family or my grandkids and I'm putting it in the ministry, it's a sacrifice for me to give that time sometimes. When my little four-year-old calls me on the phone, on his little watch phone, Papa, Papa, come to my house. But I'm busy doing something in the ministry, it's a sacrifice for me not to want to say, hey, I'm going to have to do this later. Okay? I need to go spend time with my grandson or one of my other grandkids. See, time is my commodity that I have to manage well, is my time. So my time is important to me. So when I sow my time, it's like some people sow their money, okay? They might have just enough. They might only have so much money to work with. So when they sow that extra money in the ministry or help somebody, okay, It's a sacrifice for them. That's what my time is to me. My time is valuable to me. It's important to me. And so I know that when I sow good time, God blesses me with time. All of a sudden, a job that should have took me four or five hours, I can get done in three. So it gives me a couple more hours that day. I get ahead of schedule on things because God knows I need that time somewhere else. So he multiplies my time. It's the same thing as if I'm sowing money. He multiplies my money. Okay? That's the way you you have to look at your life, and you have to look at the things God has for you. What are you sowing so that you can reap? Okay? What are you sowing so you can reap? If you need more time, sow time. If you need money, sow money. If you need clothing, sow clothing. Okay? Right? Because, you know, if you plant an apple seed, you don't get a pear tree. Don't go out there and plant an apple seed and say, Lord, I want a pear tree. You don't go sow something that you don't want the results of. Does that, do, do you understand that? If you're financially strapped, learn to, learn to give out of, out of the little bit of abundance that you might have. Learn to give that. Learn to be faithful to what God speaks to your heart. You know, learn to give. If time, like, if you're, if, if you're like me and time's a commodity, learn how to give time so that God can give you time. Okay? Because that's what sowing and reaping is. Okay? It's not, I mean, when you talk about sowing and reaping in the church today, the first thing everybody thinks is what? Money. That's the least amount of it. That's the smallest part of it, really. There's so many other things that we sow and reap every day. Just your kindness to somebody, you're sowing something. Your generosity to someone, you're sowing something. Okay? So all those things is where God's talking about where he wants to bless you in those areas. He wants to multiply you in those areas. In John 10, 10 it says the thief comes only to steal, to kill and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to the fullness. How many have had things stolen from them? Did you like it? Did you like, was all excited about it, jumped, thank you, Lord, someone stole from me? No, you weren't happy about it at all. Because the devil's trying to tear you down. I've had my work traders robbed six or seven times in 40 years. They cut my locks. They break my house. They break my hinges. They, they've stole tires off my truck. They broke all the windows out of my trucks. And the cop always says, how come you're not upset about this? I said, it belongs to God. God's a, they're going to answer to God for it, not me. I said, what they stole, God's going to replace better. Now I get all brand new tools again. Amen. It's one attitude or another attitude. Yep. Right? Sure, I was upset when I showed up and go to Gatton, my trailer and And my traders parked on a main road, a main road where 40,000 cars a day go by it. And I show up the next morning and they broke my locks up the top so they could just pull the door open without taking the lock off and took all my stuff out of my trailer. Sure, I wasn't happy at the moment, but at the same time, I knew that who my source was right I knew who my source was I knew I went through all the procedures I was supposed to go to and okay God so there's two things that's going to happen today now number one I'm going to have the day off because I'm going shopping and number two you're going to bless me with all brand new tools again or I could have the attitude oh man I'm losing so much work today I'm going to lose this money I'm going to lose this now I got to do this which attitude do you want when something goes wrong? Do you want to have the God's perspective of things or do you want to have the world's perspective of things? See, it's an attitude. It's a way of life. It's learning to be obedient. You know, bad things happen. How do you handle them? That's the question. How do you handle them? Will you stay obedient to God's word? Will you stay obedient to the attitude of God? Will you look at the things as... God is going to look at him he's going to bless you out of that situation or you, do you want to look at it as the world looks at it do you want the enemy to come in and rob and steal you and you just stay in that plight or do you say okay enemy you might have stole that from him my God's bigger you don't realize now that he stole that from me I'm going to get abundance of blessings out of this God's going to double bless me now because you stole so I'm going to get twice as much as I had that you thought you were robbing me of now I'm getting twice as much see what I'm saying It's your attitude. It's how you respond. It's how you act. It's how you walk. You're going to walk in the word of the Lord or you're not going to walk in the word of the Lord. Psalms 112.5 Good will come to those who are generous and lend freely who conduct their affairs with justice. That means be a wise giver. You know what? I have... Compassion for people who need stuff. Okay, I do. I have compassion for them, but I'm wise who I give stuff to. Okay, I'm wise on what I give and how I give it. Okay, I'm not going to walk. I'm not going to walk up to someone who's holding the sign that says, "I just need a beer." I'm not going to walk up and give him five bucks. That is not a wise decision. Okay, because I know I'm what I'm adding to his demise. Right, I'm not helping him. I'm adding to his demise. I'm not going to give him five bucks. But if a person God puts on my heart to go help that person, whether they're on the streets or in a, whether they're in a home or an apartment, and God says, look, you need to go help that person, then I'm going to go help that person what God calls me to do. So if God says, go to Kentucky Fried Chicken, we just did this last week, God told me, go to Kentucky Fried Chicken and buy this chicken meal and take it to this guy over here. That's what we did. Because I'm, I'm, I'm wise with what God tells me to do. Okay, I'm being a good steward of the blessings that he's entrusted me with. I have compassion. Okay, I feel compassion for those that are on the streets. I feel compassion for those that need something but I have to be wise with what God's blessed me with so when I do it I do it out of God's obedience not my own okay because when you do things on your own some the most of the time there's no fruit out of it because that was your reward you went oh yeah look what I did I did this I did well that was your reward you know you go back to the lady who gave the one penny in the offering compared to all the Pharisees that gave all the big stuff who did Jesus notice the one that did it in secret with the least amount <laughs> because she did it out of the love she did it out of obedience the value of how much it was was not was incidental at that situation god was looking at the heart and that's how he looks at us he looks at our heart so romans 10:10 10, 10. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. It is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. We have to speak. I said that last week. We have to speak. We have to let our voice be made known into the universes. Now, some of you in this room might not know this I'm going to give you a little science I'm going to give you a little science today and I only know this because one day I was really paying attention to a guy that was talking about science So, because <laughs> I'm not a big science person but how did God speak the earth and, and everything into existence use words right Do you realize that the word of God, every word of God that has been spoken, travels through the universe and never stops? Now, every word you speak travels through the universe and never stops. So how does the devil know to go find stuff and bring back to you? Because you spoke them. Right? You released them. You released them. So, in order for you to release the right things we need to stay in the obedience of God's word and speak God's word don't speak what you feel speak God's word okay now you don't give the devil any ammunition you don't give him any ammunition to bring back and to try to attack you with it because what you've been speaking is in obedience of Christ it's his word and the devil can't go against God's word He can't do it. So that's why he says that that you have an advocate, right? Who's your advocate that sits at the right hand of the Father? Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus. When you speak the word of God, guess what? You are going to receive the things of God. Because you're in the right mindset. You're in the right place with God. Proverbs 13, it says, A good person leaves an inheritance for his children's children, but the sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. Okay? We're supposed to be good stewards. You know, God's telling us right here, be a good steward of what you have. Okay? Be a good steward. Learn how to, learn how to be a good steward of what I give you. Okay? So that you can store, you can have something stored up, that you can You can have something for the next generation. You can have something to leave. And then he says, but the sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. Now, I want you to think about that for a minute. I own a business, okay? I work for non-believers, right? They write checks to me, okay? They give me their money. And what do I do with their money? I spread the gospel of Jesus Christ with their money. Right. right? Their wealth, their inheritance is stored up for the righteous. I consider myself a righteous child of God. So when I go to work for someone who's a non believer, their inheritance, their money is stored up so that I can receive it. I got accused one time because we built this big building out in Hokum and the co- the the owner of the building came to me and he asked me if I would build this elaborate um, offices and rooms and bathrooms in this big huge metal building. In the me- he wanted me to build it inside, it's like a hundred thousand dollar project. And then when he was done, he was going to lease it to a grow shop. Yeah. Well, this guy wasn't saved. Very wealthy person. He passed away now, but he was a very wealthy person. And I had done stuff with him before on other projects, and he trusted my work, and he knew that I would do what he asked me to do. And so I was at the lumber store buying something, and I was talking to another Christian contractor, and he was telling me, well, I would never do work for people like that. I wouldn't take that money. I wouldn't do that kind of work because that's promoting evil. And I looked at him, I laughed. I said, Really? I said, Who are you working for now? Well, I work for so and so. Are they saved? No. What's the difference? What's the difference? I said, Would you go work for a grocery store and remodel their front of their store? Oh, yeah, I would. Well, they sell beer. Why would you go do that? I said, It's business. God lays up the wealth of the wicked for the righteous. So I go to work for these people. They're not saved. Doesn't matter what they're doing. If, they're, if you're not saved, you're not saved. The sin is incidental. The fact is that God opened that door for me to be a witness for them. One, that Christ lives in me and I stand on godly principles. And two, they give me their money so I can go out and promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. There you go. It's that simple. I told him that. He goes, well, I never thought about it that way. I said, because you're being religious. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Get that religious spirit out of your heart and start being obedient to what God's Word says. Okay? God wants us to be blessed, and He's going to use every means possible to bless you. And sometimes it's going to come in an avenue you never expected it to come. Okay? But don't sit around and, like, you know, get all huffy and puffy and say, well, God, I can't do that because this person ain't saved. Well, guess what? You're a minority. You're not the majority. Look around when you're out on the streets. You're one of the few people that are saved. Okay? So where do you think all that provision is going to come from? From the world. If you're righteous, God just tells us. He lays up the wealth of the wicked for the righteous. Amen? And I'll take all the wicked's wealth they want to give me. Amen. Because that's more time I can spend sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because they give me their money, and I get to turn around and put it into God's kingdom. I get to sow into God's kingdom. So guess what? They can give me all they want. Yeah. Amen. And that's just the way it is. Because He stored that up for us. Psalms 45:3, I will give you hidden treasures, riches stored in secret places, so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summoned you by your name. That means he's going to bring things your way you never expected. Think about that. He's going to bring things your way you never expected. Blessings. Okay? Stand up, Dawn. I get a pick on her. Turn around, let everybody see you. He brought something my way I never expected. (laughs) And look how beautiful she is. That's how God works. That's how, you think God was going to give me his treasure, his daughter, who loves him, who wants to follow him. You think he's going to give me her if I'm not being obedient? Not gonna happen. I'm blessed, like I told you earlier. I'm blessed because I've been learning, I've learned to be obedient. So God blessed me. I look at her as a blessing. She is a blessing in my life. Okay? A hidden treasure. Just like that scripture said was hidden, but God brought it to life. He brought it to life. Was I looking for it? Nope. God knew. God knew. God had that hidden treasure for me. God has hidden treasures for you. And they can be in many, many forms. Many, many forms. Because God wants to bless you. God wants you to receive his goodness. I told the kids in Kids Praise all the time that the number one thing is learn to be obedient. If your mom and dad tell you something, even if you don't agree, learn to be obedient. Obedience brings blessings. My youngest son, when he was like ten or eleven, his mom said, "Chris, I want you to go in there and clean your room." He says, "I'll go do it, but I ain't gonna like it. (laughs) I'll go do it, but I ain't gonna like it." He was obedient. And he was letting his mom know he was going to be obedient, but he didn't like what he was going to have to do. That's the way we are with God, right? That's how we are with God. Okay, God, I'm going to go do it, but I don't want to. (laughs) You know, we just have to learn that God has hidden treasures for us. You know, I will give you hidden treasures, riches stored in secret places so that you may know that I am God The God of Israel who summoned you by name. I love that scripture. He called me by name. He called you by name. That's how important you are to him. So if you're that important to him, then you know he wants to bless you. Okay? You know he wants to bless you because you're that important because he knows you by name. He created you. He designed you. I told Dawn, gave her a birthday card today, and I said, I thank the Lord he made you who you are. Who she is. I thank the Lord that God made me who I am. I don't have to be like somebody else. I need to be who God made me to be. Because when we learn to be who God made us to be, God can use us in the way he designed us to be used. Every one of you in this room, God has a purpose for your life. He has a design for your life. He has a purpose for your life that you would learn to stand up and move in the ways that he wants you to move so that he can bless you. So that he can bless you. I mean, I think of all the years that the men from the mission and the ladies from the mission have been coming here, and I think to myself, how many of them, because they learned to be obedient, God blessed Blessed their lives beyond their own understanding. They never would have thought they were where they were going to be in 10 years later. Because they learned to be obedient to God's word. That's the key. That's the key. No matter how many years you've been saved, that's the key. Learn to be obedient to God's word. And when we're obedient, God blesses us. Doesn't mean that we're not going to have struggles. And doesn't mean we're not going to have hard times. But it means that out of all those situations, will you stand on God's word? Will you learn to be obedient? Just give it to the Lord. Amen? Let's stand. Hallelujah. Father God, I just thank you for this day and for your blessing. I thank you, Lord, that you have blessed every person in this room. Father God. Lord, there's many needs in this room, but, Lord, you're bringing blessings to each and every person here. Lord, some of those blessings might be financial. Some of those blessings might be material. Some of those blessings might be healing of bodies, Lord. Some, guy, some of these blessings might be, rest, just be restorations of families, Lord, of situations. Father, it might be a new job. It might be something multiplied they already have, Lord. You have all these blessings stored up for us as we learn to be obedient to you. And Father God, I pray this word today, Father God, that is your word, that permeates the heart of man. I pray, God, that we will just let it permeate us, that we can become closer to you, that we can become more obedient. So, Father God, we don't want to be obedient to receive a blessing. We want to be obedient out of our love for you. And out of our love for you, the blessings will come. So I thank you for that. And I just pray as we travel today, as we go our separate ways, Father God, that we'll take this word and we'll share it with someone else that they can learn, Father God, how to be blessed by you. So we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 If you need prayer, come forward. We will pray with you. If you're good to go, then you're good to go.